tonight. Arsenal grind out a 1-0 win against Watford in yet another underwhelming away performance. We attempt to break down the game, but end up talking about beers, spliffs and dick sensitivity in porn. All this and more tonight on this and Ask Brothers Raincast. Welcome to this and Ask Brothers Rantcast. We welcome back our old mate Manny Riz from Guns and Yellow Ribbons on this episode. Toby's doing something. He's somewhere, but he's coming into the room at some stage. So he's left it to me and Manny, who I think may have been a. I think Manny may have been rolling up a couple of fat ones this afternoon on his day off. So if he bursts into fits of laughter, you all know why. But it's up to me and Manny to uh, to try and break down, to try and 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 chew down on this tough Watford stake that produced us a, a 1-0 win. Manny, I, uh, I spoke to you earlier on today, and I think you said the best thing about this game was that you got to go to sleep afterwards. <laughs> well, yeah, but it was terrible. And you mentioned steak, and all of a sudden I got hungry. Like I could murder a steak right now, bro. Oh, you're such a dick, man. I didn't want to think about food, and then here I am I'm thinking about steak. I might go to Tesco after this and get some. Like, Put cause... your munchies away, Manny. You've got to get no, through an hour of podcasting. Fuck off, man. Fuck <laughs> off. I wish I had like some munchies with me, but I forgot. All right. I set up early, but I didn't get to the shop. Toby did that like in the second podcast we ever did. He fucking ate the whole way through the podcast thinking the sound wouldn't come through his microphone. I had to edit an hour and a half. Of <laughs> <laughs> the, man, the man's a moron. People think I'm a moron. The man is a moron. Well, you are a moron and we already established that, but um, and, and that's nothing convict. new. And a convict, and apparently, you know, within a minute of of your podcast, Guns and Yellow Ribbons, you uh, you vigorously told me to go and fuck myself. So, yes, and with good reason. Listen, for the people that don't know why, right? We were going to do, we were meant to do a podcast yesterday at seven in the morning UK time to accommodate this this lanky, skinny cunt, right? To accommodate him. <laughs> so myself, Fergus. And Scunny, we got up at stupid o'clock to make sure that we're ready for the podcast, only to get a message from this lanky prick saying that, oh, he's had some shit happening at work, so he can't make it. So everyone's up, so we were like, you know what, fuck it, we're going to do the podcast. Anyway, I was up at 6.30, I think Fergus was up around 6, 6.30 as well. Scunny was just like groaning through most of the podcast because he was so tired, all because of you, you lanky prick. Yeah, well, you know... I've got up fucking several times for Guns and Yellow Ribbons podcast at four thirty five in the morning, so you can all have a taste. And of guess your what? Own we've medicine. all been there. Now, fuck off. We've all been there to accommodate I you, had a, but no. I had a disaster, Manny. I had a disaster. The beer system at work blew up. And why did it and blow had, up? Well, the beer system blew up for no fault of mine. But in the time, <laughs> in the in the time while I was waiting for the beer system to be repaired, I decided to fix. To, that I would do some running repairs on the gas system, which I uh, stripped, pulled apart, cleaned it all, changed all the the units, changed all the rubbers, changed all the grommets. I'm very happy with my with my day, Manny. And I put it all back together and I turned it on, and it fucking blew up. And it turns out I wired it back to front <laughs> when I put it back together, and I put You're the high pressure. Dick. I put the high pressure unit into the low pressure unit. So the $2,000 that I saved 
on the beer unit not actually being as broken as what I thought it was, I then fucking blew up the, the gas regulator. So <laughs> I've had about four fucking beers today and I intend to have six more. You are such a dickhead. Oh, my God. Cunt of a week. Cunt of a week. It's all your fault. Tobes, mate, you've stepped into the room. We've said nothing bad about you while you've been gone, by the way. What What else would I expect? Nothing bad about hey, you. Hey, hey. Max is speaking for himself on this one, all right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That that uh, can be expected, also. What's going on, buddy? How's <laughs> oh, your mate, How's your mate, life? Well, fuck my life, basically. So I've just read four bedtime stories: um, superhero dad, Peppa Pig, some oh, fucking God. Sesame Street shit, um, bloody beg, borrow, promise, stole, compromised. Done all the fucking shit in the world. Tried to get onto this bloody podcast on time, and yeah, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. But any dads out there, you know, you know how it is. It's all right, mate. Manny's got nothing but time in the world, man. Nothing but time. Because <laughs> he's fucking stoned, and now all he can think about is steak. It's your fault, you prick. You mentioned have you Watford got protein steak. munchies, Manny. <laughs> I've just got munchies, period, and it was, you know what, it was, it was, it was fine until your brother decided to say Watford steak, and all I can think about is steak. So when we're done here, I'm gonna walk to Tesco, which is like a five minute walk, but it'll probably take fifteen minutes. And I'm gonna take like, <laughs> I'm gonna get like two or three steaks and whatever else I can get my hands on, right? Because I got a day off, and I'm gonna like roll up more spliff and shit. So it's gonna be messy today, man. Well, Toby's suicidal, Manny's stoned, I'm drunk. So this, so this fucking podcast can only go one direction, and that's straight down into the annals of Ask Brothers shitness. So let's get it cracking with what was, for a lot of people, a, a, a really boring game. We touched on it earlier that, you know, Manny's comment was the only good thing about this game was the fact that he could look forward to going to sleep at the end of it. Toby, interestingly enough, I, I know you actually watched it for a second time today and got a little bit of a different... Sorry, I'm just going to burp into the fucking microphone because I've drunk too much. You're all class, man. <laughs> you are oh, just yeah. a dirty... Oh. <sighs> Come on, Manny. I can smell the spliff on you from here, bruv. And I'm on the other side of the world. Toby... No, well, you could have <laughs> muted yourself and done that, you know. <laughs> That'd this be pod- brilliant right now. Fuck I haven't done that for so long, and I've just started a week and a half's holiday. I'll uh, I'll I'll live vicariously through you, Manny. Are we gonna oh, fucking sweet. talk about football? Or are we gonna do the stone drunk? We're getting podcast? there, bro. We're getting there. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. Anyway, back to your Toby, question. You had yes. a bit of a different view on it. You watched it the second time around, and you kind of thought that it wasn't as bad as what all of us who watched it the first That's time right. around. That's thought right. It was. So, so where I'm going to go with it, I think the fear that we've been watching this with, and the fear of our past performances um, for our away games in particular, um, really manipulated our minds, you know, and and made us watch watch that entire second half and and probably some of the first half in total agony re-watching it we gave up you know a couple of big chances to them but we also created a, a shitload ourselves and it wasn't it wasn't half as bad as as we perceived in my opinion so i think remove yourself from the fear and the anxiety of of being an arsenal fan and, and seeing us concede late or be beaten late so many times um and it's not so bad you know particularly 
Uh, we'll, we'll get into this later, but particularly when we got used to the formation that we were playing, um, you know, we had quite a few opportunities on the break. So if we had our shooting boots on, you know, we could have we could have put four, five goals away. So yeah, not so bad. Manny Riz, how did you feel, mate? It was boring. All right, mm. and I, and I watched mm-hmm. it twice as well, and both times I was bored. All right. So I'm not going with this, you know, it wasn't as bad and whatnot. Me, what I, what I expected after um, Sloth Fratelli went off um, was for us to show a bit of, show a teeth a little bit, so to speak. Go out there and just pass them to death and score some goals. But no, it was slow, it was sloppy, it was sideways, it was backwards. It was just, and then there was moments of the game where Watford got back into it and we looked like panicking all over the place. It was dead, it was boring, and this is the same shit we were talking about, you know, mentality. If it was 11 against 11 that we put in that sort of performance, I don't think anyone would have minded. But the fact that Watford were down to 10 men and, and still we played as if we had the 10 men, nah. So yeah, I wasn't. I didn't like it. It's three points at the end of the day, and I'm happy with the three points. But considering what happened in the game, it should have been three or four. Ecstatic with three points for me, um, because I, I mean, I know I'm getting sort of called out a little bit at the moment on some of our social media channels for being negative and for for essentially picking draws and picking losses. But I wasn't confident going into this at all. I wasn't confident at any point throughout the game. I wasn't confident after we went down to 10 men and I was still shitting myself in that last 10 minutes when Watford were were piling it on and it didn't even appear that they were down to 10 men. One interesting topic just to to start it off. And I'll throw it out to the both of you. So just just go nuts. Did anyone think that Granite Shacker in the midfield, this this saviour that everyone kind of waxed lyrical... (laughs) Wax lyrical about when he wasn't there at Everton saying he was the difference. He was the reason why we couldn't progress the ball from midfield into the forwards. Did anyone think that Xhaka made any real fucking difference to anything that we did in this game? <laughs> yes, I do. But fuck it depends. It de- <laughs> fuck you. It depends, it depends on his partner. So I thought he had a strong first half and a shite second half. Oh my God. Are we really going to do this? Are you really going to do this? No, 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 no. Like, I'm not... Why do we keep on doing this with certain players? Oh, if he were, if he was playing with him, or if he had him alongside him, he would be better. No, fuck that, right? You should be able to perform regardless of who your partner is, right? So the fact that Torreira went off, right, and Xhaka had to be the deeper midfielder, it exposed exactly what I keep saying about this guy, right? Instead of going to press the ball, you know, when Watford were going, you know, towards him, he's backing off. Where his pass, I think he he did one pass, right? He tried to do a crossfield pass, gave it straight to Decore, and it's just like, is this what we missed? The Cathcart chance. Whose fault was it? Xhaka, because mm. he doesn't know how to fucking defend. That's got nothing to do with Torreira being next to him. That's him being stupid. So let's stop doing this shit, all right? Because Xhaka's regardless, he's shit regardless of who he's playing alongside, all right? Stop it. Yeah, no, I, I like, I, I don't agree with you. I mean, I thought he, he was quite good and I, I think he did show what we missed in terms of his um, distribution and his progressive um, passing, but in the first half and in the second, it showed when we're playing a game where we're sitting deeper and inviting pressure on, 
he's not so good in that situation. So, look, bit of bit of 50-50 for me there, but, you know, I'm definitely not going to throw him under the bus and call him the worst player in the world. I think look, we're a better, a better squad with him in it. Um, but like a lot of these players that we have, you've got to pick on partnerships and then who we've, who we're playing against as well. That is bullshit. So you trying to tell me that that Xhaka can only perform when Torreira is sitting next to him? Is that what you're telling or, me? Or Ramsey. I, the, the main thing is that I don't like him as a pair with Genduzi. That's the main point that I'm If making. he was such a good player, he could play regardless of who's next to him. He would be put in 7, 8, 9 out of 10s. The fact that you're trying to tell me that he needs a perfect partner next to him. We don't have that player, do we? So, look, to, play the, to play the mediator, guys, because you know I'm the one who usually mediates. I'm usually yeah. the one who kind of... <laughs> I'm the I'm the one who comes and and walks the mid ground and doesn't put a, doesn't stick my flag anywhere in particular, but I think in this case he was somewhere in between both of your points. I didn't think that he changed the game. I didn't think that he was the savior that everyone was calling for. I didn't think that all of a sudden there was some massive amount of final entry balls that bypassed their defense. I also didn't think he was bad while still making several granite jacker errors especially getting caught under the ball in this game where i thought happened to him a couple of times and he wasn't great but while we're on it guys we might as well handle our next favorite player we might as well handle the lineups i guess in fact so leno starts at the back par for the course everything what we expected uh front four very much what toby and i had said uh, in the Everton podcast, where we thought that we would be going with a, a Ramsey, Mikatarian, Awobi, uh, you banging man, front four. Midfield of Torreira and Xhaka, I was fairly fine with that. I looked at it on paper. I'm, I'm not the world's biggest Xhaka fan, but I can, I can see the logic that in this current squad, with these current players, that he might be kind of as good an option as what any of the other options are that are available to us and we have to start playing with the squad and i think it was our best three especially away from home so if yeah away from home but i mean it wasn't Ramsey like like 10, like manny said that was, it, that was it, the logical thing to like do. manny said it wasn't like all of a sudden it, it changed the way we played away from home the back line's the one that that was interesting and it's another funny funny it's another interesting roll of the dice from Emery and for me it's a it's another little thing we're going to talk about it later on about whether or not we're comfortable with Emery rolling the dice on the Premier League to do what he appears to be doing which is putting all of his eggs in the Europa basket but he's not he's leading two chicks on at the same time he's yeah. playing them both mm-hmm. mm, I'm, playing I'm, I'm both. not I'm not so sure about that we'll we'll hit that up we'll hit that up mm. later mm. definitely but the back four guys Mavropanos coming in for, I, I want to say this is his first game in the Premiership this year. Mm-hmm. It is. His last mm-hmm. was like yeah, yeah. a Man U game a year ago. Mustafi off the right, which I, I was incredibly unhappy with, and I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> You're not the only one. Here bro. we go again. <laughs> Monreal, Monreal off the right. Sorry, Mustafi off the, sorry. Yeah, Monreal off the left. Um, which, again, I wasn't particularly happy about because I don't think the guy's got the legs anymore to be a left-back. And uh, and Koscielny, who once again throughout the entirety of the game looks like he's carrying an injury, looks like he's being managed. Um, so, boys, overall, squads, when they came out, what were your, your, your first thoughts? Were you wanting to kill yourself? 
Were you worried about it? Was it what you expected? Manny Rees, hit it up. Um, if you listen to the last um, Guns In Get All Ribbons podcast, the front three and the midfield three were exactly what I was going to go for. And a back four was what I was going to go for. But Emery threw me off again. When I saw Mustafi at right back, I lost my shit. I had a, a Kevin McAllister home alone moment. Like standing in front of the mirror, and I'm just like, what the fuck is <laughs> I do not remember Kevin McAllister being that black. No, <laughs> he wishes. I don't remember him being this this white either. Um, <laughs> fucking hell, what was I going to say? Uh, who knows? Mavropanos. Mavropanos, <laughs> that's it. Um, I was like, what's up? Well, that's a, you know, a baptism of fire somewhat. But then again... When you've got to face a face a eighteen stone Lukaku, I think facing Gray and Dini should be you know a walk in the park really. Um, so I was like, I was intrigued to see what was going to happen. Personally, having Socrates next to him would be better because Kashani's a mute. Um, but yeah, it Mustafi does, right it does go to show how much Emery has completely lost faith in playing Mustafi as a as a centre back or at least a centre back in a two. I think for him to for him to go to that degree of bringing a guy in who hasn't played a game all year I don't. and parking Mustafi out on the right. No, I think he, he needed to rest the wingbacks and he's got players who... He's got fullbacks who can't play wingbacks and then vice versa and he doesn't trust the backups anymore. So he would rather play Mustafi on the right than, than go to like Licksteiner or, or Jenko. You don't think that, again, maybe having Mustafi on the right meant that the link-up play with the player in front of him, just like last time, well, it's, wasn't it's really kind there? Of that, it's kind of that playing for centre-backs type of thing. It's it's the same against Spurs. And don't forget in that in that Tottenham game, apart from the complete fucking Mustafi brain fart on Kane, he actually had a pretty good game, you know? So it's not about building as much from the back. It's being more solid defensively, and it's, it's really good from the, the aerial heading out of their box. So I kind of think it was, for for me, I think it was designed, and I think this entire game was designed with an eye on Napoli. Like I said, Emery's he's playing two chicks at the same time, you know. So he needed to rest. He needed to rest. Um, Mate, Mate, Niles, who was like, you know, in the sort of quotations red zone. He's been really overplayed lately, and we've become quite reliant on him playing well for that system to work. And same deal with Kolasinac, who's had a couple of poor games as well. So I really feel like it's managing this April rather than, you know, Mustafi can't play centre-back. Um, you know, and it gives it's, it's a calculated risk. Uh, it gives Mavropanos a, a, a run, um, you know, with a stronger leader beside him. But overall, it's, you know, it's four defenders who are quite adept um, at playing centrally. So th- that's that's my perception rather than just like Mustafi can't do centre-back anymore. Manny, if this had have gone a different way, if mm. we had have... If, if this game had have gone the way which it kind of felt for me for a lot of it was, which was that Watford were maybe, again, the better team for, for large parts, if not the team that was most in control, but the, the better team and, and I think probably... Uh, probably had the the pick of of some of the chances, I guess, for periods of time in the game. Mm-hmm. If this goes a different way, are we all raking Emery 
over the coals for these decisions? Possibly. Um, mm. But can you blame him somewhat? I mean, when you're trying to manage, you know, a squad that's lacking depth with, you know, three, you know, playing three games every, th- no, play two games every three days uh, for the next, what, two to three weeks. So I think people would have gone in with him, but in, in hindsight, when you're looking at the bigger picture, it's understandable what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a pivotal moment in the season and making sure that players are fresh and making sure that players can, can play to, to a certain level each game. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough, but you know, it, it went the right way, I guess, luckily. So that's a conversation for another day. But and don't you reckon, boys, that the substitutions reflected that as well? The timing of them, the resting of the players for, for Thursday night. Um, it really was playing both sides. It shows a willingness to use an entire squad. And as long as that's working, people are going to say that's fantastic. I mean, when it didn't fucking work is when we played a full squad against Tottenham in the Cup. Lost. Mm. And then went and played a weakened team and dropped points outside of that. So, well, hopefully you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Remember, we all said that was what Emery silly. is playing with, and a double-edged sword that he's playing with. Mm. Does that make any fucking sense? Anyway, it's a fucking. He's got a gun, and it could backfire. It's a backfiring gun, right? And a double-edged and sword. It could was, backfire was at any stage. You just made yourself sound more like an idiot. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty fucking drunk here, boys. I'm, I'm glad we're entertaining for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I anyway, missed it, I missed it before, Max. Are you, are you like a fuck my life? I'm getting drunk. Therefore yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a, yeah. I had a terrible fucking day. I blew up a yeah. piece of beer equipment, and it's my fault, and it's cost me a fortune. But so uh, after you dodged the bullet with the yeah, with the yeah, you missed the start piece. of the podcast, yeah. Toby. Then okay. I wired a gas cylinder backwards and blew up the regulator. So put, we've, already, <laughs> we've already fucking laughed about this. <laughs> God, this is twenty-two minutes of podcasting royalty and shit. Okay, so <laughs> so Ursula on the bench, Ursula on the bench, <clears throat> game faces, boys. Ursula on the bench. Does this mean that he's going to start against Napoli? I fucking hope not. Where you you would be led to think it it was, or Possibly. is it just that Emery is not going to play him in an away game and he won't play him in the next away the game? The latter. The latter, for me. You don't think he'll play against Napoli, Toby? Oh, sorry, you don't think he will start against Napoli? No, I, I I, don't see that being a wise option. You know, if you're going to play it safe, but then then Emery has been accused of playing it too safe when he's had a lead, you know, the, you know for PSG two years in a row. Um, so let, let's consider that with our, with our comment on it. But look, I, I wouldn't. I mean, a two-goal lead, um, yes, we want to score goals away from home, but we probably will get the opportunity to do that. I'd be looking at playing more robust, more pressing, um, and more trustworthy players, um, and hopefully getting three of them in that midfield um, as well. So, 
Yeah, I'd, so I'd would be... you be thinking a very similar lineup to what we put out today? Yes. Obviously, yes. a different players at the back. Socrates yep. comes back in. Koscielny's yep. been managed. That's uh, what but... I'd be doing. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd consider the back three though, um, yeah. and play a three-four-three. Three, I would say, and just swap out Lacazette and um, for sorry, swap out your banging man for um, for Lacazette. Just because of his industry, that's all. No, see, I would play. I'd play a three-five-two. Three-five-two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, like a deeper midfielder. So, like a midfield three with the wing backs supporting. Yeah. Is that is mm-hmm. that what you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I would do would that. Would they get a bit isolated from the two from from the front two, or would that be from the wing backs? Um, that would be from the wing backs, I believe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's 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 a fair. No, the, the reason why I would go with that is because I think we're a better team with with you know Lacazette and Aubameyang in it. I think that gives mm. the Napoli defenders a problem. Again, Napoli play four four two, having a three in midfield and outnumbering them is crucial. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then you have the industry and 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 the, the sort of power of Kolasinac and Maitland Niles. You know, they sort of athleticism, so to speak. Um, yeah. And then you yeah. have obviously Torreira going in there and biting in on tackles. You've got Xhaka doing what Xhaka does, and you've got mm. Ramsey who can be a threat and who can join in with the front two occasionally, but who can and also buzz as well. Exactly, who can also buzz around yeah. and do a similar job that he did on Jorginho yeah. in the league game, where I do not yeah. want to and see. What I fucking... like about that as well, yeah. and so, sorry to interrupt, but Lacazette's industry, so he can actually drop mm-hmm. a bit deeper. You know, he can he can sort of be that connector between the midfield and. And um, Abamyang as well. So yeah, e- either or could work for that. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't want to see. I don't. I do not want to see Meza in an away game. Period. I just yeah. I just period. don't see it. Even though like he's the the quotations mark quotation marks like the Champions League player. You know, this isn't the game where we need someone you know strutting about and you know doing nice little flicks and and slowing the play down. We need industry all over the pitch. We need to. We need to have a, a threat going forward, but we need to sure as shit, you know, make sure that we go there, we ruffle their feathers, and we don't start slowly. You know, we need to, you know, the crowd is going to be like fucking insane there. They're going to be out for blood. What makes you think that we're somehow going to be able to play differently away from home just because it's in the Europa League? I don't, we're not. I don't know. You just have to live in we're home. We're not. We're not. I think the only thing we can do is go there, be compact, and try really fucking hard not to concede. Listen, no, that scares the, the, the we don't shit out do of it. me, Max. That scares the we shit out We don't do it. Me. I picked us for a loss. I picked us for a 1-0 loss. I picked us for well, a 2-1 loss. 1-0 loss gets us through, so whatever. That's fine. But we need to try Were and you and me the only two who picked it, Manny, for a loss on that predictions league? Yeah, I mean, come on. Let's let's get real, right? The only time, yeah. I think, this year that we've gone away from home and actually performed well was away at the scum. And there was a reason for that. Now, can these players repeat that? Maybe, maybe not. They're so fucking inconsistent that we don't know what's going to come out, right? Mm. But in that squad, and the reason why there was there was so much industry and hard work is because everybody mm. had the plan and everybody knew what they needed to do. There was no Ozil in that plan, right? There was a no. Mustafi in that plan, but that's a different conversation. But everyone knew their jobs. This is the sort of match that, that they're going to need to play. Right, they've been they've been made aware of Napoli's threat with the ball over the top. So playing a high line would be stupid. So yes. we'll see what Emery's going to do because it's hard to predict what that guy's going to do. But if these players are not on it, you they can we can find ourselves being two goals down within the first twenty minutes. 
Mm. Fucking hell, boys. Do you know how bad this game against Watford is? Or was? Do you know how bad this game against Watford was? Oh, boy. We're 28 minutes in, and we haven't even fucking talked about the first goal yet. We're doing everything but talking about the actual Watford game. Because it was a t- That's how bad I, I the Watford game was. we're at the point was. in the season where it's almost like the actual, the actual game is less interesting than the outcome and then what's coming up next. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the reason. But yeah, there was only the one goal and then a whole, you know, a whole array of missed opportunities. So anyway. Well, fuck it. Let, let me get it out of the way. I'll do a quick Fergus. You ready? Okay. <clears throat> Hold on. I have to have a sip of my beer to do a good Fergus impersonation. And you have to fuck up here and there. Yeah. Well. And, uh, yep. Mispronounce yep. players' names. And- <laughs> no, I'm not going to attempt. I'm not going to attempt. I'm not going to attempt an accent. Arsenal Watford, Arsenal one, Watford nil, in a back and forth tie that had Are you doing Arsenal a getting David up early through a. I kind of feel like Fergus is like the, the Irish drunk David Attenborough. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just be, just be Max. Just be Max. Don't try to be someone you're not. That was terrible. Start my, again. Was it? Was it awful? Okay, okay. So Arsenal one, Watford nil. Uh, Aubameyang scored in the ninth minute uh, through a, a really interesting. Um, piece of play because he probably has done that a hundred times this season press the goalkeeper Lacazette's probably done it a hundred times as well and the one in a hundred that it comes off he absolutely does Foster for pace Uh, and I just think boys Foster just underestimated him just underestimated how much pace he had because he definitely saw him he fucking looked at him he did and then he took his time he did but he forgot that he owed the Bamiya money and when you owe a black man money they're gonna come for you like like no other <laughs> you owe me money bruv you owe, you owe me he money he owed him fucking money he's like you know what you've been ducking me for the last six weeks now I've got you in my sights where's the fuck's my money and he paid him he did pay him oh. uh, shortly after the goal boys uh, our fucking mate the fucking ex-convict himself. Maybe he should move out to Australia with the rest of us. Troy Deeney decided he'd try and make Lucas Torreira his jail wife, but it backfired on him like a two-way shooting gun, like a gun that shoots two fucking ways because mm. he got sent off. There were razor blades rid- in Torreira's butthole. He got Jesus. fucking sent off. And uh, Troy Deeney is now Lucas Torreira's jail wife, boys. Was it fair? Was it soft? And fuck Troy Deeney. Because when you're a guy who comes out and says, I'm going to go out there and, and, and touch someone up and see who wants it, surely you're putting yourself on the radar for the referees and it's his own fucking fault. Thoughts? Yep. True. I love how you answer two questions and then like answer it with a completely different <laughs> answer, by the way. Man, but this, podcast, to your this two- podcast is so <laughs> fucked. <laughs> fucking six seven beers i can't keep a train of thought man he's laughing even when he's trying to talk seriously he's fucking laughing while he's talking fuck you you're going off on fucking tangents it's yeah. all gone to the tip i'm putting it up no, anyway. no, no, so good. listeners just it's good it's accept fun. this fucking rabble if if we enjoy ourselves hopefully that will you know that will um come across to the listener Anyway, someone I, I answer think, the fucking question. I think in question one and two, uh, <laughs> aside question from one, question session one, sub, subsection B, stroke B, <laughs> um, is both of those things. You know, so 
but now I forgot what those things are, so I've just fucked up my own argument. Was it soft? Yes, it and was did soft. he bring it on himself through his comments and, and put yes, himself he on the radar himself. of the refs? Yeah, yeah. Both Manny, same from you. No, man. If you put your arms over there, right? Bear in mind, Torreira is what five foot four, five foot five. All right, the ball's gone. All right, the ball is gone. Right, you try to to you know I don't know what the fuck you were trying to do, but you put your arms there, Make a right? If you do, listen, you put your arms there, like you're asking to be sent off. You are asking for it. So he put himself on the radar. Like if he, his comments, right? Wherever his comments were, he could have gotten away with it had he not been that stupid. Yep. But Slough Fratelli is stupid. All right. So he went over there. He did what he did and he got away to that. Whether it was, whether it was soft or not is, is, it's irrelevant. He did it. Mm. Right. We've yeah. seen a lot. And they were looking we've seen for red cards for a lot of this. He's a bloody gobshite. Exactly. He was looking for it. Like he was asking for it. You know what I mean? He was posting stuff on Instagram. Oh, Arsenal. Like, yeah, I'll have a go. Whatever. Don't you ask for this. Since his comments, right? Since his, um, his corners comments. So he's missed a penalty against, against Czech. Um, they haven't won a game against us and he's been sent off. So those comments are really coming back to bite him and Arsenal fans are never going to let him forget it. So whenever we play Watford is that extra little bit of, of intensity because of yeah. him. And he's fucking up. And what he's done is, is you know, we, we're a bunch of uh, pussies most of the time. And I think we have to admit that. But he's actually, yep. like, with his words, he's fired us up. So he's, he's fucked himself. He's a dickhead. And he's actually fucked himself as well because now he's laid down such a marker that he always needs to, he needs to go out there and rough Arsenal up. If he doesn't go out there and rough Arsenal up, then he's kind of going back on his word. You know, that he said mm. that he's going to go out there and see who wants it. So he's made his own bed for, for us now. And, I mean, smart defenders will play on that. And I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Torreira thought, if this guy gets anywhere near me, I'm just going to throw myself to the ground because, fuck it, everyone's looking for it anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's gamesmanship for sure. Um, not, much, not much kind of going throughout the half guys, except for some really explosive moves from Awobi. 16 minutes, Awobi fucking powers uh, uh, powers down the wing to feed a ball to Aubameyang, who actually has quite a good shot blocked. Um, and our mate fucking Jay Leno, big save from Cathcart and a big save from Kapu in that, hard, in that half as well. And we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Uh, second half, guys, I've got to admit, I was basically watching the game with one eye in the second half, and I, I, I probably kind of didn't watch it as closely as I, I should have. The main talking point, I guess, and we have already covered it, so we don't need to go deep into it, but was the substitutions. And there was a lot of heat on social media about the substitutions, about the change of shape, about us losing our way, Mikatarian and Urzel essentially going into uh, Mikatarian and Awobi essentially going into wing back positions. I just quickly wanted to get your thoughts, not so much on the, the the subs and what it means going into Europe because we've already covered that, but the subs and how it actually affected the game and the flow of the game in that second half. Mm. Well, Torreira apparently came off because one, you know, the crowd were on him and he he played a few sloppy passes here and there even though he was his usual and you know 
biting and then you know going into tackles and this and that but he had taken a good few hits as well so according to Emery he took him off because you know he had a little minor bit of pain and because of you know the crowd around him which I, I totally understand now what that did making Ramsey retreat into midfield meant that Shaka was our deepest midfielder and we all know he sucks um and then bringing on <laughs> uh, bring on Ozil you would expect the midfield to have a little bit more control and, and, and see what he can do. Besides, he's a flat-track bully, so playing against a 10-man Watford away from home, this is the perfect game for you, bro. Yeah, it did nothing. Uh, it did absolutely nothing. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's riff on that for a second. Mm-hmm. Basically, you would be assuming that in a game where a team is going to have to stretch, where you're 1-0 up, where, where they are going to have to come at you and break ranks, that that would be the game for Mesut Ozil. That that would be his playground, his ballpark. It almost changes it from that away mentality to a home mentality again because we've got people coming at us because they've got nothing to lose. And for me, except for, again, a couple of nice little pieces of work, maybe two nice little pieces of work, there was a a little one-two that he played for a a Mkhitaryan fucking fuck-up with Mkhitaryan's attempted outside of the boot that did a Bobby Zamora. But other than that, again, <laughs> we, we, when the ball hits your head and you sit in Rosette, that's Zamora. The other, one, um, the other way around, Max, when you sit in Rosette and the ball hits your head. <laughs> how does it matter? It's just better that way. Mate, just, I fucking put a gas way. regulator on back to front today, so I'll sing what I want to fucking yeah, sing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, apart from that... Did anyone think that Ozil did anything to change people's perception of him as an away player? I'm going to put that caveat there, of him as an away player. Does anyone think he went out there and he did anything to say, play me at Napoli, sir, I'm your guy? Well, look, I I think we may go into this a bit later, but I I just feel like he just missed an opportunity. I didn't think he played badly. You know, he, he didn't suck totally. He just didn't do what he could have with a situation that was almost made for him. So, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed overall, you know. He still sort of uh, jogged around a bit, couldn't be bothered being onside a bit. You know, I remember there was one time where he just... It might have even been the the Mkhitaryan chance that, that Foster saved. He was actually offside. So, and he was only like strutting about like pretending to give a fuck at the time so he looked very jovial when he came on he had like a big like a big grin on his face that's probably a good thing you're now you're now you're going against what i'm actually saying no no i wasn't i wasn't saying that in a in a in a Mm. bad way i was saying Mm. it it didn't appear to it Mm. didn't appear to be an an attitude Mm. thing for me it just, look, we banged this Urzel drum yeah, so you know. much, and everyone knows my sentiments about it, and everyone fuck knows everyone who listens to Manny knows his sentiments mm. about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt there was a narrative that was slightly different about this game that we should bring up. That I just thought that this type of game might have been him having an opportunity to come out and say, "Hey, I can play away from home," and I just thought again it was an opportunity that passed him by. True. I've got a random question for you guys because I've got like, you know, munchies going on in my head. Do you like? Do you guys like sour stuff? 
yeah, I like sour like stuff. Sour sweets and lemons and lemons sour and things sweets. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sherbet. No, I, I like, like I like sour as a balance in food, like Asian food. But I don't really do mm. sweets. Stop being a culinary delight, Manny. I, I like cheap fucking sherbet bombs. When Max, you bite into I the am and they a chew fucking your face cu- in. culinary delight. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, the, the point I was I was gonna make is this: you know how like people who don't like sour sweets, the faces they make when they eat. You know, sour things. Yeah, like you know, a like puffed the face. asshole. Exactly. It will shrivels up and, you know, they Like their a bulldog mouths. that swallowed a wasp. Exactly. Like they all disappear. Like their faces and their mouths just disappears. That's Mr. Ozil. <laughs> like a back shooting gun that goes both ways. No, man. Max? You just ruined it. Max? I'm fucking. Homer Simpson right. and the sour candy. Yeah, so that's the sweet, point. Sweet, sweet <laughs> can. <laughs> the reason why, the reason why I'm, I'm saying that is, is that's that's the best way to describe Ozil's performance when Watford started to get into the game. When you know it was like the final fifteen, and and we're dropping deeper, and Xhaka is allowing the midfield to come and and you know pressure us, and Mate Lanaus makes that amazing last ditch tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. Yeah, we'll, I'm hoping we'll get into that um, mm. in a bit. But Mesut Ozil's oh, performance no. on what first night to get into the game was like somebody who's never had a sour sweet before. Like just <laughs> their, their face just sucked in, right? He was nowhere to be seen. I've forgotten. Right? I've totally forgotten and I wasn't high or anything, right? I totally forgot he was on the pitch. <laughs> right? The only time I actually remembered he was on the pitch is when he fouled Cabicelli next to him near check. And I was like, oh shit, he's on. He did fuck all. And you know what? I guarantee you someone somewhere will write a, a tweet saying, like, see, those who say Ozil doesn't defend. Look at uh, this tackle. You know what? <laughs> Good are we gonna get into? Are we gonna get into it, Wobi? Because like Toby, the article that yeah, you posted. No, no, no. We got a, we got a whole, we got a whole bit on a. Okay, Wobie. cool. We got a whole bit on a Wobi coming. All right, sweet. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll ping through. We'll ping through because I think we're gonna cover a lot of a Wobi when we do. Because this is an three, incredibly two, structured podcast. It's a very structured <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck all. This is fun. Do you know the ones that we find the most fun often turn out the most shit when we listen to them? But I'm hoping for the... I'm hoping that's not the case. Let's talk about the Mkhitaryan miss, right? Which one? Because there are two schools of thought. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about the volley, right? Because there are two schools of thought. I I know... I, I think, Manny, you think he fluffed it. I think it was actually an incredible save and there wasn't that much he could do with it. Toby, you're the tiebreaker. How, what do you think? What What are your thoughts on the Mikatarian volley, fluff or a world class save from Foster? I thought I thought it was a great save. I thought he really closed down the space, and because it it by the time Mikatarian hit it, sort of on the on the half volley, there was there was barely any distance between him and the keeper, and I thought the keeper made made himself really big and cut down all the angles. So I'd actually. Um, I'd actually, because of the the Optus Sports fuck up in Australia, I'd actually heard about it before I watched it, and then watched it, and I thought, oh well, that wasn't that wasn't a miss. I heard about all these misses that he did. Um, so there were obviously a whole plethora of of misses that Mikatarian made, but I thought that was a really good save from Foster, and I, I think it's a bit harsh on um, on Mickey for that one. That's what I thought as well. Hey, I thought it was a great hey, late run. Words in my he mouth, got his Max. boot onto it. You put words in my mouth, man, because I watched it back. Okay, man. I watched it back. The floor is the floor is yours. No, I watched it back. Are you, are you right. sure? Sorry. Positive. I watched it back, <laughs> and um, no, it was a good save. 
Um, mm-hmm. like it, I don't think there's that much more that Mikatarin can do with that. I mean, no. the ball's coming in. It's a late run. It's always a side foot finish. I don't think that's one that someone can run onto and lace. Um, yeah, no, 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 I, I end, agree with a tra- you. It's a trailing leg save from Foster, and he, he keeps them in the game. Yeah, it's the other two that pissed me off. Well, it's the one that the, outs- the outside of the boot with the one-two from fucking Urza terrible was just absolutely terrible. And then the one where I think he he cut inside, and he just he just oh, what is with this guy? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I think he's he's so bipolar. Um, yeah. Well, fuck it. It was one of our talking points later on. Yeah. This podcast has no structure anyway, so let's handle it now. The question I had for the podcast later on is what do you do about a player like Mikatarian? If you can sell him in the fucking summer, you sell him. Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards that. The guy creates so many chances. Yes, he is. I'm going to use the word. I know we banned it. We banned it a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to use it. Oh, no. Yes, he is incredibly profitable. Why would we ban it? Right? Because you know, we're using it, it way in like too 10 much. Fucking podcasts. Because in a row. our vocabulary is too advanced for our for our uh, listenership. No, I think it's too fucking limited, Toby. <laughs> because we read one fucking new word on the back of a cereal box and then use it for ten fucking episodes. <laughs> what like narrative? Narrative. Yeah, we narrative <laughs> the fuck out of that shit. Anyway, anyway, what do you do about a player like Awobi? Because we actually lack chance creating players who make late runs into the box Mikatarian, regardless of what you say about him regardless of whether you say this was a terrible performance day or whether you say he actually created a lot of chances they put all of that aside we seriously lack guys with endeavor mm. and we seriously lack guys who make those sorts of runs that create havoc mm. and he for me is just the midfield version of you man you know uh, Obviously, the conversion isn't there because your banger man does have conversion. But I mean, these guys are people who cause havoc, but actually don't produce a lot of the time for the the easy chances, and seem to produce quite well for the difficult ones, or just produce reasonably well on the on the mass of the chances, not independently on each chance as it's given. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Look, I, I reckon you're onto something with this, and and this is where. I don't want to lose all of these these risk-taking players out of Arsenal <sighs> because I think you need... Look at someone like Wilf Saha. That guy's a risk-taking player. I know he's got more conversion, but actually he blows hot and cold throughout the entire fucking season anyway. He's but fucking powerful, need, though. I've, I've got the horn You need guys... Work. No, I know yeah. they're a different type of player, but I'm just saying that in <laughs> every football team, especially in the Premiership, I think that you need risk-taking players. And I think Mikatarian is a risk-taking player and he creates a lot of high XG chances for us. And I just wonder where we're sitting because I know we're 50-50 on him. Mm. But I My, would love to have... We didn't, we didn't pay anything for the guy. So take his wages out of it, right? Because his wages aren't representative of him because we didn't pay for him in the first place. He come on a bossman, right? So really, let's take 30% out of his wages. So he's on what? Uh, he's on 150-odd K. I would have 150k Mikatarian on my bench going into next season, knowing I can bring someone on with tempo who does create a lot of chances. Am I the only one? No, but <clears throat> I'm saying if somebody was to come in for an offer, with an offer for him, I think he needs to be out the door. I'll take it. Mm. But if that doesn't happen, he would be a squad player. He's mm. a better option than the guy who shall not be named. 
Um, we're not going to talk about him this week. Um, but Mikatarin being a squad player, sure, I'll take that. But that doesn't change the fact that he is so frustrating right now because he came back from injury. He was firing and he was you know, hunting players down. He was creating scoring goals and he yeah, he looked a completely he different back. player. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like he went into the. It's like he went away. You know, like when when yeah. Batman Looked got himself, fucked up by Bane. Che- checked himself, changed it <laughs> exactly, and came back and was like, "All right, fuck you guys. Like, let's 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 yeah. just." So if Mikatarian, if if Obama Yang finishes that cross from Mikatarian late in the game, yeah. and Mikatarian hits his volley, and that guy has a goal and assist in this game, are we still standing around saying, "Oh, he had a fucking shit game"? No, you would say that he had an effective game, right? Mm. But yeah. If you if he gave the ball away so many times, uh, and he's he so weak as well on the ball, and then right? he's, he's weak, so easy that's to right. So he's weak in the fifty fifties. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and 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 I actually, you know, I'm I'm really fifty fifty on this um, because he he he's not a coward in that he keeps trying and. Don't forget our previous eras of sterile domination. You know, your neat little triangles and your back and forths and your back to the fucking centre-backs and out to the wide players. And, you know, it was just nauseating, yeah. our sterile domination, you know. So players who actually have the, um, the balls to try something and if they fuck up, to get up and do it again. You know, we need those players that drive at defences, a la Alex Awobi. But... Um, Fucking, he's, you know, Mikatarian is so 50-50 and he's so lightweight. And aside from um, a couple of amazing performances defensively where he seemed like he changed, he, he's so lightweight as well. So I'm, Mikatarian's best football this year came when Bellerin was playing with him and when he went through that run of form recently where he was quite good, it was when we were playing a back three and he had AMN outside of him. Okay, Actually, that's a good a shout. Who needs to shout. interchange with people. And he needs similar partners who can actually riff off what he's doing. Yeah. But it, this game was rocks and diamonds. He did a lot of good. And some of his interplay was actually quite good. You know, he, the amount of chance creations was fucking huge. He, he absolutely affected the game in a positive way or had the opportunity to. It's just he fucked everything up. It's a, it's a real rocks and diamonds performance. Mm. Boys, how about that ping from Messina? That would have been a candidate for goal of the year, surely. You know what that reminded me of? I cannot remember the his name. The fact that we never fucking score goals from outside of the box. No. Unless it's fucking a, a Granite Jack, a 1 in 50. Because that's what it made me think. No, it reminded me of when we played Southampton and we got fucked over. I can't remember what the right back's name was. Oh, yeah. And he's like barely played ever against like his one fucking shining moment in the fucking sun. Yeah, what was Fuck, his name? We make play- shit players what was his good, name? Yeah, man. You remember Neil Mella, like the, the Liverpool dude. Like, yeah. he was playing in his debut, like, back in 2005, yeah. and he comes on and fucking scores. We always do yeah. this. We've done this with Rooney. All that, all that Swansea player, Montero. Oh, my God. Is it the God. one who fucked? Jefferson Chambers? Montero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who Fuck else? He, absolutely. Um, fucking Jack Yelka last week. Right, we always seem to do this. I forgot what the guys, the Southampton <laughs> guy's name is. I'm, I'm not going to remember it. All right, I'm, we make I'm Charlie Austin look good. Ugh, and he's shit. I would love to deck him, actually. We made fucking Shane Long look good. <laughs> Shane Long almost got a fucking Hattie against us. What's and the, the cunt point hasn't of this scored fucking, for five What years. the fuck are we talking about again? I'm lost. 
crackers. I was talking about the fucking, fucking Southampton dude. Which, yeah, I, but why? I was, why? I was, you know, comparing because the, the two. Fucking, Messina's, Messina's cracker. Yeah, yeah, I was comparing the two, except Messina <laughs> didn't score. <laughs> <laughs> except Messina didn't score, but it was, it would have yeah. been so Arsenal had that gone top bins. Yeah. It would have been so oh, Arsenal. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and it did. It did actually make me think, guys, that we just don't really. When was the last time we had someone genuinely dangerous from outside of the box? Was Nigel Winterburn, cracker. <laughs> 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 no, Rizitsky, bro. Rizitsky yeah. could could uh, hit yeah, one, for- but. Um, no, I'm not going to go into that. Don't start. Very Max, rarely. When was the last time we had someone? Uh, you know, I love the Zitsk. The Zitsk is my boy. The Zitsk is in my top five Arsenal players. Jesus. Of all time. No, no, I'm going to leave you alone. Of all I'm time. Leave you alone. He's one behind Theo Walcott. You <laughs> <laughs> just left that one this alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love Theo. You make me sick. When was... All right, back on track, boys. Back on track. <laughs> when was the last time we had a fucking player? Who consistently, I'm not saying had it in him, but someone who consistently used to find shots like that. Outside of Aaron Ramsey in that that one season where he did it regularly. Uh, I'm struggling. Like your brains. Henri was spectacular, but they weren't necessarily distance crackers. Arshavin loved a ping. Oh, don't talk about Arshavin, yeah. man. He's the biggest waste of fucking oh. talent that Arsenal ever saw. He was right he there. He could have been a big signing. He was there. He was there. Um, he did. He was amazing, though. Um, bloody, like, Julio Baptista, who never did oh. anything. Very true. <laughs> the beast. He was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he was good in one game. You remember? He's- he was <laughs> terrible. To answer your question, man, it's been a while. It's been a while since we had a guy who could yeah. do that on a regular basis. Do we have anyone in the squad right now? Nope. No. Except for Xhaka and his one in a hundred. Oh, please, man. Like, 15 of them, you can find them in, like, random places in the atmosphere. I mean, the one that goes in, unless everyone goes crazy. A, unless he hits an inside-out shot against fucking David Decarius. <laughs> you fucking footing. thief. Uh, you thief. Who did you who did you pill for that from? From I me. Pilled it off Manny. I saw it today and I thought it was brilliant. I will claim that as my own. <laughs> I shall claim this. I'm white. I'm white, Toby. That's what we do. We just go into places and we just steal their fucking shit and try and convert them to Christianity. Oh, it's, it's what we do. I stole Manny's fucking joke. Like white people who've stolen land. Ooh, I just took it. Why why would you take it there? <laughs> why, take it? It there? Oh, I'm gonna roll another spliff like you fool. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are we even up to in this game? Um, oh, that's that's brilliant. That's all right. Brilliant. Let's kill this off now. Seventy six minutes, uh Mickey plays ball to you banger man. He should have finished it, he fucking didn't. Typical you banger man. Um eightieth minute, chance for Grey. What a block from AMN. Are we seeing a guy who could actually... I can hear, I can hear that. Fucking split. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not like... Are I'm, we seeing... Oh, I'm going on mute. Fucking hell. Are we seeing, Toby? Well, Manny goes on mute to... I don't know. I, I assume he's... Like, burning some fucking spin? Like, roasting a cigarette to burn some spin? No, I'm or, burning or maybe hash. It's, maybe it's hash. He needs to melt it. Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, there you go. We don't get ha- we don't get hash in Australia. You Sad lived times. there with me for a bit. We used to get it. <laughs> anyway, the fuck are we talking about? AMN. 
What a fucking block. My question is, are we seeing the emergence of a guy who could genuinely be a right wing back? Or are we maybe taking too much of his playing time at midfield away from him and stunting him in the position where he needs to grow? No, there's good crossover. There's good crossover. The great thing about wing back is that they can come in and and join in with the centre midfield play. And his defensive awareness, the the way he stands up in a tackle and doesn't just dive in uh, like some players that we know, um, I reckon... You know, I reckon he actually even showed a bit of leadership. Like he, he actually looked like a player who came on and improved us immediately and calmed those around him. That's that's a fucking huge thing for a 21, 22 year old to do. Um, so I reckon do you think we're ever going to see on... him? Do you think we're ever going to see him in his rightful midfield position? As long or, as he doesn't do get think... injured. That's my fear with him. Or, or do you think that we're drilling him down now so heavily into this this jack-of-all-trades position that we might be stunning him from becoming arguably exactly what England need, arguably exactly what Arsenal need if he reached his full potential? Game time is game time. And like I said, uh, he gets to join in the midfield play, in my opinion. Can I say something? Well, you're going to anyway. You're talking into a microphone. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <clears throat> After that tackle, what needed to happen was to have like an orchestra and an opera singer in the background and to kind of give it the extra feel because that saved us. Okay. That saved us three fucking points, bro. Somebody with a powerful voice and then you kind of pause Maitland now's face and you've got all the lighting in behind him and shit because it was game changing. All right. It was game saving. It was just as big as Leno saves. Max, just you, just need a, you just need a, a metal riff. Anything from Slayer would do. Any, anything from Slayer will do me just fine, Toby. You know Just that very well. anything to <laughs> celebrate how big that tackle was because... They yeah. talk about things being turning huge. points in young players. Yep. Like turning points in young players' careers or moments where you can look back on it and you can say that was the moment where he got it. I wonder if that's one of those moments I hope so. for AMN. I hope so, right? Because... If you watch it back, he follows Gray, right? He follows his movement. He's not content with whatever the fuck else he was doing before that, but he follows Gray. He takes a gamble and it fucking worked, right? So if that's the moment where the penny drops for him and he's like, you know what, I belong and this is where I deserve to be. Cheers, Max. Um, (laughs) Then... So be it, right? Are you opening mm. it with the scissors again? Yep. Why don't you just get a fucking bottle opener? Because I broke one of Victoria's pairs of scissors doing it once, and now I just—it's like a you like a living on the edge. To, I like it. I like living with a a double-edged gun that uh, fires both ways. Ugh. It's a backfiring <laughs> gun. But yeah, no. If this if this is the moment that that makes Maitland out, then. Uh, we have a player on our hand. And what was it? What game was it? It was the Brighton game, right? It was after the Brighton game and somebody was saying that I found somebody worse than Bellerin was Maitland Niles. I remember that. I, I want to find that remember guy. That. I, I, ripped them, I ripped them. I ripped them on the forum. I was like, you're an idiot. I want to find Please, that guy. Finally, I found someone worse than Bellerin. I think he yeah. posted. Now, the reason why I'm, I'm, I don't understand people like this, right, is because they don't look at the bigger picture. 
right? The bigger picture is we have a young 20, 21 year old who's playing out of position one. Second point, he suffers a leg break in the first game of the season. That's two. Third point, he's only been back, what, two, three weeks, right? When he played in the Brighton game. Fourth point, he has to fill the arguably Arsenal's player of the season until he went down's boots. Yeah. Right? Bellerin was on fucking fire. Yeah. And he had to come in and fill that which is something serious. Yeah. So this this is we have we have so many issues within the fan base, right? But we have fans who don't look at the bigger picture. They're just like, oh look, he's not good enough. Or the people that went on his Instagram after the Huddersfield game and gave him shit. Right? Now Fuck. we are aren't we supposed to be backing these players, right? I have to grit my teeth, right? I have to clench them every time I see certain players take the field wearing a shirt that I love so much. Do you know what I mean? But you mean to tell me that we can't support our youngsters who have who are just coming through, who are trying to make their way? But you're telling me that I have to support a, a, a seasoned pro who keeps fucking things up? Well, people were denouncing him after the Everton game again, and yes, he had a bad. He was game, terrible. But I mean, is isn't this what you expect out of people in their early twenties? Don't we expect uh, yeah. them to have on games and off games, especially when they're being played out of position and they're learning a new position? For me, that's why this was so important because I think a lot of people have said, you know, he's not defensively switched on or he has these very Bob Marley moments you know, where he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, that'll happen. It'll come to me. And I thought in this moment to see the danger, to run around behind your keeper, to follow the play the whole way through until the end of the phase, to get down, to make the block, I I I really feel like this is a defining moment for AMN. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. And he showed big maturity. It, it it wasn't just the defensive reading of the game. It was the calmness in tight situations. The the he was the one that actually um, that actually. He he brought on the counter attacks with his quick thinking and um, and really clever distribution as well. So it, it was a really mature performance, and I don't remember a player coming on for such a short period of time and influencing a game like that. So remember back a week or two ago when we were talking about leadership, it's that type of on pitch leadership and calmness. Um, you know where he's backing himself and his body language is confident. That's the type of thing you need as a teammate. When so. he runs with the ball, he reminds me of a, a very young, very raw Diaby. The way Diaby used to just kind of chew up no, the ground. No, wrong. Don't do that. Don't do that. Why? Willock reminds me of Diaby. Willock has that long stride. Bro, if you look at Willock... No, right, I, think no. they, I think they both have. I think they both not have Diaby. Nas. Diaby, yes. No, Maitland Niles Nas is Nas, more bro. of an athlete, I think. Look at his fucking shoulders. Like, the power in that is... Is huge and and that power and his ability to to run and sprint and um... I wonder what size he's going to be in a couple of years because I mean you go back and look at like early Lukaku and guys like that like obviously very different play but he was very similarly built Lukaku like thin through the waist big through the shoulders you know AMN could end up being a a, a fucking jet he could end up being on that same sort of frame that a uh, what's his name that come from fucking Tottenham who I like. Dembele, he could end up being on like that Musa Dembele frame, just fucking shit up. Yeah, Dembele was was thicker, but yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. But I'm saying like you know you can see 
Maitland-Niles growing into that frame. His shoulder caps are massive. Manny of I, Manny and I have been through this before. Fucking white boys don't have shoulders like that at that age. That's a, <laughs> that's a fucking... That's a black DNA. Oh, my thing. God. That's a, like... That's a tiger wrestling oh fucking God. shoulder fucking... That's yard food, man. That's what that is, all right? What were you saying to me last time on the podcast? His mum feeds him the good food. It's yard food, man. I'm telling you. There's something in those. I'm telling you, bro. Um, yeah. Let's hope... That, nah, let's hope he kicks on, man. I want to see our youngsters actually get a chance and kick on because it may be... Well, you didn't get a chance to answer the... You didn't get a chance to answer the question, Manny. I think you were fucking with some hash. But what I yeah. asked Toby was, is all this playing at right back and right wing back mm. going to be really good for him? Or is it taking away from time that we could be using to develop someone into the midfield? Um, so you can look at it in two ways, right? If he does get his opportunity to play in midfield, then he has that advantage of playing in a more defensive position where he has to be switched on, you know, 24-70. He'll be a better defender, you're saying? Yeah, he will be a better, right he'll back. be a better all-round midfielder where he could go and attack it. He can go and, and, you know, get past players. But he's also switched on defensively. He's like, okay, there's danger here. I need to be here. I need to do this, right? So there's that. And then there's the other side of it where... Bellerin could come back and all of a sudden he loses his, his spot, you know. But I see him, he's grabbing the opportunity, right? And the last couple of games, he's done things where it's like, all right, you know, he, he's he's becoming important. You know, he's he was switched on defensively against Napoli and offensively as well. He was switched on defensively against Watford and also he was creating problems, right? But he was coming on. All of a sudden, we had pace on the right. All of a sudden, we had a player that can go past people on the right-hand side. So for me, it's a, it's a win-win, right? bellerin has got a fight on his hands when he comes back. With us talking and, about signing a player like Decore, mm. do we not maybe think that Maitland Niles is a year or a year and a half away from maybe having all of those attributes that Decore shows? Should we be should we be maybe looking at what we have and having a look at that central midfield position and saying we could conceivably go oh. into next year with three into two being AMN, Xhaka, and Torreira. Or, A yeah, AMN, Xhaka, Torreira, and Genduzi. Mm, yeah, I, I think... Do we to need to buy in central midfield? That depends. It depends on what... It depends on what Emery thinks. Depends on us buying wide players. Yeah, well, do we need to replace what Ramsey brings us in midfield? No, we have we that in Willock. what Ramsey brings us... Yeah, do we need to replace that in what Ramsey... So you're going to put Willock in front of AMN again? This no, is no, 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 stop. Moment. I wouldn't put him ahead of, of Maitland-Niles. I'd put him against in front of fucking El Nenny. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to happen, though. I think that's going to happen. Look, I think the crux of what I'm saying is that we've been skipping around for about 12 minutes now, but we'll take it all out in the edit. I think the crux of what I'm saying is is I really wonder whether or not there's space for AMN to develop as a central midfielder. Guys, three, two, ones, one, two, three. Before you go so into that, before you go into that, before you go into that, has either one of you got like a washing machine or something going on in the background? I can hear this fucking whining as well. Where's the whining coming from? I thought well, I don't that was think just it's me. I thought that was just my fucking 
you know. No, 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 no. I kept taking my headphones off and putting my fingers in my ears Same. to see if it was ringing in my Where head. Where the fuck is that coming from? <laughs> I don't know. And I'm, I'm Can you hear it as well. So hopefully that that helps. What the f- no, it's fucking. It's not coming from me. I thought it was just my eye, but fucking hell. I'm like, all right. He's looking at the... Man, he's sitting there looking at the blunt going, man, this shit is chronic. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, I was just sitting there like... That's the buzzing you get before you fucking... No, listen, I was was sitting here just like, you know, finishing the roll and whatnot. So I was listening to you guys speak. I'm like, all right. So I took my headphones out, thinking, all right, it's not not me. So who the fuck is it then? I've been hearing this uh, since the start, and it's pod- been driving me mad. And I thought it was just has my buzz. Nothing to do with football. <laughs> this podcast is such a fucking Watford game podcast. We've spoken less about football and more about hash and gas regulators and sour fucking sweets. Listen, it's all- <laughs> that's the gravy, Max. That's the gravy. This is this is the one we win the awards for, guys. Oh. This is this is like a what was the one Toby where you and I got. Fucked up in um, a feces throwing monkey in the butthole club. Yeah, the butthole what? club. That was like episode two, wasn't it? Was that our second episode? Yeah, it was when we decided. Toby and I decided about four episodes in that we were the podcast was better if we got shit faced. <laughs> so we got fucking fucking wanked and did this hour and a half where we ended up talking about how much we love Shania Twain's tits. Shania Twain, Lucas. Okay. Took- Terrera, how Lucas Terrera was, was a fucking drug yeah, dealer because he, he was the because ina- he, he was, was the dealing, but like dealing goals, he was enabling other players to go out and get fucked yeah, up by selling yeah. them fucking drugs. Yeah. But he didn't take Some him German himself. bloke who I accidentally emailed because I thought he was Toby and asked him if he wanted to join the butthole club. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's brilliant. It's about episode. It's about episode four. I'm gonna find when it. When we like, really got into our stride, I'm gonna find it after I've gone like to get some steaks and shit. I'm gonna find it, okay? and I'm just gonna like sit here and laugh. Three, two, ones, one, two, threes, boys. Let's pump through these fairly quickly because I think we pretty much covered everything about everyone, and we just need to do it for the the. Uh, we just need to do it for the general, you know, housekeeping. So, boys, who did you have for three points? Who was your man in match? Quick and why? Looking for short answers. Manny needs steak and fucking joints. <laughs> are we doing it? Are we doing it backwards? <laughs> are we doing plus three first? We always fucking do plus three first, Toby. Every podcast we do plus three first. We do three, two, one, one, two, three. That is why it is called the three, two, ones, one, two, fucking threes. Okay. Ignore me. Who's going this first? Can't. This fucking cunt. This, Manny, this who'd cunt. you have for your three points? This cunt. This cunt. Uh, who'd you have for your three man points, of the match, Manny? Man of the match was Leno for me. Yeah, three points for me for Leno as well. I thought he kept us in the game. Topes. Oh, fuck. Uh, a for me. Nah, good shout. We haven't. We, we're going to have a chat about a after we rattle through these three, two ones, and one, two, three. So let's not go too deep into them. Manny, who did you have for your two points and why? Uh, Nigerian long schlong, Wobi man. <laughs> it will be, bro. I is that, is that have... a shout out to Ryan? It kind of is, you know. 
Yeah. He made some good points last week. Incidentally, that was Ryan's first ever podcast. I thought Ryan was excellent on last week's podcast. So shout out to Ryan. Yeah. He broke out the dick jokes. <laughs> he did. He bought the he bought the dick jokes. And that's important on an ass brothers. Mm. You've got to bring the dick jokes and be drunk and stoned or suicidal. So all things are good. Guys, I had <laughs> I had a Wobi for two points as well. Toby, who'd you have for two points? Uh I actually had the ginger gimp. Oh, okay. For two points. Yeah, look, I had him for a bit of a, a shout out that I thought it wasn't it was by far not one of his worst games. Um but fuck two points. He was a he was a monster in the air. I, I thought he did pretty well um, you know, doing a job as a right back, playing out of position, and then I actually thought he was our, our best defender. Um and a real monster in the air, and he's only five ten, so you know, I don't think we had a lot of great performances today. We had a lot of sixes and sevens in, in my mind. Um, and it wasn't a great overall team performance. So I thought there was probably a little bit more, um, uh, like, let's say the the defenders stood out more in my mind mm-hmm. because of the way the game, game went and how profligate our forward players were. So, um, yeah, so two points for the gin- ginger gimp for me. Lots of aerial jewels, one, and, and some good work. Manny, who did you have for one point, and why? Uh, the wimp himself, Kashoni. I think it was alright, yeah. yeah. That's big from you, that's big from you, Manny. Yeah, you know, I can, I can, you know, take a step back sometimes and praise a shit player when he does something right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Hop- the wimp was right. around with his tendonitis. Yeah, one point for him. A captain's performance, worthy of the French national team. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you! No, no, no! Don't, don't start. All right, uh, Toby. Who did you have for one point? Uh, shout out to Maitland Niles for a, a stoic and and um, and leaderful. Is that even a word? Twenty minutes. No, That's not a word, Toby. Leaderful's like a gun mm. that. Shoots both oh, well. Fuck saying off. leadership didn't work in the context of the <laughs> sentence. So anyway, he was um, it was it was a huge twenty minutes, and I thought he positively influenced the game and, and settled us down as a team. So a point to um, Maitland Niles for me. Uh, guys, one point. I'm going to just shout it out, and we'll see what comes back. But I gave a point to Mikatarian. What? When no when no one what? was dangerous, <laughs> when no one was dangerous, he had the ball. was going. dangerous. On another day, he would have had a volley into the back of the net, a volley into the back of the net, and would have iced the game with a ball to a Bamiyang. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I was the higher one. On another day, rocks and diamonds, Max. Day. Rocks and diamonds. Yep. That's that's the best description of uh, of his performance. And, Tying it back into what we were saying before, you know, it, it's so 50-50 with him. He's certainly a polarizing player. Uh, guys, negative points really, really, really fucking hard this week. So many people who I would have given negative one to. Uh, maybe, you know, I, I actually struggled to give anyone two or three. I had, uh, you know, a, about a bunch of four guys who I all thought deserved a negative one. So, I, I, I mean... At some points, just kind of have to jump in and and go for it. And look, listeners, it's not always an exact science. The way the three two ones, the one two three works, we have to give negative threes. We have to give negative twos. So we just kind of go for it. So, Manny, negative one. Who did you have mm. for your one point? 
your negative one point? Uh, I had a Bamiyang for negative one. Oh, good shout. I was um, considering that. Um, goal aside, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you went and got your money. You know what I mean? But apart from that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got his money, but Jesus Christ. Like, maybe... It- Maybe he should have extorted the, more from me, like, because he did nothing apart from that. Apart from miss a couple of chances, one of them, you know, being somewhat of a sitter. Yeah, I think it was he was poor, apart from the goal. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I wish I, listening to that, I wish I had the balls to go with um, with my gut with that, but um, but fair play. Who did you have and good point, And Topes? good that you're the one who's perpetuating the racial stereotype, so we don't actually have to do <laughs> <laughs> you give Fuck's us the sake. license, Manny. Um, for for me, boys, the the negative one. I went for the low hanging fruit. I don't know if I feel bad about this, but but I'm going with it. Um, and I'm going with for a negative one for for ET for just missing the the opportunity to do something more with a match that was that was Toby. I'm tailor-made right there. I'm right there with you, brother. I gave him a negative one. Yeah. It wasn't a negative one that he had a really, really bad game. It was a negative one because, yet again, it was something, it was a situation that was tailor made for Mesut and it passed Mesut by. Mm hmm. Negative two, Manny. Who did you have? This was a tough one, you know. I, was, I, had, to, I had two in mind, right? I had two in mind. One of them was, was Mavropanos. But, but, considering that this is his first Premier League game in, in close to a year, and considering that, you know, he hasn't had that opportunity, I will allow him this week, right? I will allow him this week because I understand the position that he's in. So my negative two went to Bug Eyes, because yet mm. again, absolutely nothing from him. I forgot he was on the pitch. Um, once again, he just keeps on proving me right. He just keeps on doing it. And I'm waiting for the day that he will shut me up. But it's not going to happen. And I know that there's probably some Ozil lovers right there that want to kill me. And I don't give a fuck. Your boy's a pussy. Negative two. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, preach. Uh, Toby, negative two. Who'd you have? Uh, I had negative two for, for Mr. Granite. For... Not so You're much. Copying my homework. So what I was saying before, I actually thought. <laughs> Are you copying my homework, mate? Keep I your doubt eyes that. on your own homework. I doubt that very much. Well, we're very in a different postcodes, so unless I've got some type of surveillance system on you, I highly doubt it. Mate, you don't want surveillance system in my house. No, it's... no, I would be with what I like with to what sit I around with uh, my balls out. Yeah. But in testicles. any case... And look, if I knew you had cameras, I would always have my balls in front of your cameras so you could see yeah, them. Yeah, I might witness some dick sensitivity. Uh. Um, <laughs> I am dick sensitive. All right, let's just handle this right now. So I made a comment the other day, listeners. I made a comment. I said that I was dick sensitive in my choice in pornography. I can't believe you're doing right? this. What that means by... What that means by definition is that, you know, when you are, when, like, let's, let's, just, let's be real. Let's be real, guys, right? When you have a whole internet of <laughs> pornography, right? A whole world, a catalog 
the Encyclopedia Britannica of pornography in front of you. You got black, you got white, you got interracial, you got threesomes, anal, milfs, gilfs, fucking horse porn. So much stuff. What? Is there anything wrong with saying that when you choose your pornography, when you, you finally land on the video where you say, this video is the one. You try and the replicate one your own dick. For this is that moment. what you're saying? No, no, no. For this moment, I am dick sensitive, right? Not only am I like looking oh, Jesus. at, at the, the possible female, right? I'm thinking about, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive to the dick, right? I, I don't want, like, I, like I can't get down with some mandingo dick because it's so fucking big. I can't, I can't picture myself with that Please dick. Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> so that, <laughs> Please stop. Right? You gotta be dick sensitive with oh, your porn. Fuck off, Max. <laughs> Just fuck off, right? <laughs> oh, you Two such points. a dick. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Let me do my justification for uh, for Xhaka then. So I actually thought he had a good first half and, and I was one of those people thinking, you know, we have been missing this. You know, the, the distribution, the forward play, I thought he was quite intelligent with the way he cycled the ball. But I thought he was rather shit defensively. So when when the match swung and we were in a different formation and it was Xhaka's job to sit deeper, he just, he just, just looked quite inept with his defence and his reading of the game. So... That's um, that's my reasons for, for his negative two. So I also gave negative two to Granite Xhaka, and I gave negative two to Granite Xhaka kind of along the same, I'm going to do it, I'm going to use it, narrative, as um, what I went with Ozil. I thought it was maybe a little bit of an opportunity for Granite Xhaka to really show everyone what they'd been missing, to really show everyone that he was the guy that was going to lead us, maybe even that he was captain material and I didn't think that his performance not that he was really bad but I didn't think his performance really elevated the team lifted the team and drove us forward and I'd be interested to see the stats because I didn't see this quotation mark final third entry ball fucking orgy that everyone talks about that oh without Granite Shacker you know we don't have final third entry we don't link we don't link this there was a lovely chip over the top to your banging man I'll just add yeah, that in. Toby, uh, you're talking Urzel fucking statistics here where you're saying there was one thing that the cunt did nice and now I'm going to jerk off all over it, right? You've you got to be dick sensitive all over with it. Granite Jacker, oh, right? stop. As long as it was pick... the right dick that I was saying. Stop. <laughs> just pick, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this pod's being called dick sensitive. No, it's not. <laughs> yep, it's happened. It's happened, Manny. Oh, God. <laughs> it's already in the past. You can't change it. You can't change it. Manny Riz, yeah. who did you have for your three points? The Swiss Gimp. This one I found. This one. Ah, oh, go. Yep. I like the Swiss it. Gimp, oh, break it down, Manny. Once Shock again. horror. That is oh. huge. No, it's not fucking huge, man. This is... Listen, I've been saying this about about Granite for... Since he got here, right? There was a moment that was like the, his first season where I gave him leeway. Where I said, you know what? He needs somebody next to him. He's not a defensive midfielder. I beat mm. that drum. But then there came yeah. a point, right, in his in his last season where I was like, this guy is shit. And he hasn't shown me what mm. peak what everybody else is, is seeing. Defensively, he's all over the place. He's a one-trick pony, right? Which is that he can play a pass. 
Apart from that, he is a basic footballer. Defensively, he's all over the place. He can't read a game. He can't run. He can't turn. He's just useless. So this, oh, we missed him, shit. Well, damn, the Watford game was not the right game to display that because he was all over the place, especially when after Torreira came off. Yeah, mm. minus three. Mm. Yeah. Topes, minus three. Who'd you have? Minus three, I had, um, with a caveat, might I add, from all of our discussion before, um, for Mikatarian, but because just the, the sheer amount of chances that weren't taken and the, the different outcome of the match that could have been far earlier so you know maybe a bit of low-hanging fruit again but you've got to pick out someone who who had opportunities let's say or had moments in the match that um that that were either negative or, or weren't taken you know as the opportunity arose so negative three for me for mickey look i uh i think i kind of took a bit of the low-hanging fruit as well I uh, gave my negative three to Mavropanos. And like Manny said, I could have I could have let it sit. I, I, I could have put it off and said, no, I'm not going to give him the negative points. But when I was sort of weighing up everyone's performance, I found things that they did well. I couldn't find a lot of things that Mavropanos did well. He got caught under the ball a couple of times. He made a couple of mistakes. I didn't think he imposed himself. He wasn't overtly physical. I didn't think that his passing was amazing. So in a sea of people who are probably six out of ten, in the nicest possible way, he was the worst six. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. The the five point eight five out of six. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, yes, um it's his first run. Yes, he should be given leeway, but you know, I, I just thought... You're a dick. Fuck you. Yeah, you're a dick, straight up. <laughs> Fucking cunt. You're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, topics. Burnt Leno. Why don't we talk about him more? Why are we not talking about him in the realms of... Arsenal's best signing. I would argue that Burnt Leno has been better than De Gea. Oh yeah, better than better than Larice. Don't better than Kepa. Well, that's that's not this hard year. this year, but yeah. What the bloke cost us? Twenty mil. Yeah. Twenty mil. Twenty-five 20, mil. Something like that. Nineteen twenty mil. One of the signings, in and the we've season. got a guy yeah. at his age who's come into Good a job club. Good job we got rid of Sven, isn't it? Dethroned Petr Cech. Yes, I know Petr had an injury, but Petr came back. Dethroned Petr Cech retained his position, and has got better and better throughout this season. I could only think of two real fuck-ups that he had, and that was Liverpool, where he smashed the ball back into the middle and Milner you're finished. You're welcome. And that weird... That, thank you, Manny. You're the one who brought that one <laughs> to my attention. And <laughs> don't make me steal your fucking jokes again. And um, the dire goal against Tottenham, where he kind of went for that weird hockey volleyball save and... And fucked it up. Other than that, the guy's been pretty near perfect. So the question isn't, be, I mean, because it's obvious that Leno is a is a good keeper, and I think he's definitely a top four in the Premier League keeper, maybe even top two this year. But the question is, why do we not talk about keepers? Why do we not seem to to put keepers in the same light as what we do attacking players? And are they not as important, 
if not more important? Because they don't play in a shiny position that everybody likes to talk about, really. He's not an attacking player. You know, some fans don't see him as important as an attacking player. You know, so that's why, you know, the conversation hasn't really been fixed on Leno so much. Um, I'm happy that he's out of, you know, the media's sort of limelight because the media's full of shit. So they can mm. keep on looking at, you know, all the other keepers. But for us, I don't think we've been paying that much of an attention until the Tottenham game. That double save really kind of made fans wake up, you know, realize how good he actually is. Um, he had his moments, don't get me wrong, you know, he's flapped out a few balls and, you know, he's not the most commanding. But I think back to, yes, the double save was good, you know, against against the scum. But I think back to the Wolves game at the Emirates, where I think it was Triore, you know, was bearing down on goal, chopped it, went past holding. And then he's 1v1 with, with Leno. Leno makes himself big. He comes out, makes himself huge. And Traore's got no other choice but to shoot it directly at him. And he's done that a few times this season. I think in the Liverpool game as well at the Emirates. So he's a modern goalkeeper. Can play well with his feet. He's a good shot stopper. Yes, he's got some rough edges. But we've got a bargain. A ridiculous bargain in this guy. And the thing is, he can only get better. And I want him to cut out the Jens Lehmann in his game. You know, when you push the grey and shit. Like, let's not, let's not do that. You know, I loved Lehman, but Lehman was a nutcase. Like, let's not do that. We need something. We need a level-headed keeper in the, in, in the goal. And the fact that he's got that bit of arrogance about his ability as well. He's got that German swagger about him. <laughs> Guys, I put the question up on uh, the Arsenal Australia website. And on the Arsenal Australia Melbourne website, Michael Kabai came back and said, it's because people don't value goalkeepers at all. At Arsenal, we've had terrible keepers for the last 10 years. That's an entire generation, and people have forgotten its value. I think that's a really, really good point. I really liked that. I I thought it's so true. Maybe it's because we haven't, for so long, keepers and defence have been the last spot in our mind that now we've got someone there who's consistent. We just kind of go, oh, well, it's Mm. it's a keeper. Well, think about what De Gea has done against us. For the oh, last yeah. few years. Yeah, but they have a history of, of world-class keepers. No, at but least I'm just in saying recent, in, 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 in the way memory. that they... Oh, well, um, fucking Van der Sar. Van der Sar was an amazing keeper for okay, them. Okay, but you remember Bartes? Van der Sar. <laughs> no, no, I was, I'm talking about in recent... I'm talking about recent history. <laughs> haven't had a keeper that has affected the, the outcome of a game since... You know, we had Dave Seaman and then we had Jens Lane. We have not had one since then. So I think we had a, a period of time where Chesney was pretty good and I think that his Golden Glove time was, was, was decent, but that also came through... Am I right in saying it was the Murdersacker-Koscielny partnership when we were at our best yep. defensively? Yep. So he didn't make a lot of outstanding, game-changing saves. And I, I go back to the De Gea point, sorry, where you've actually got a guy that, you know, he, you've got that perception that he's impossible to beat. You've got that guy that owns that space and, and that goal. Um, and Leno's heading into that territory. So I think um, 
couple of points, you know, we've we've picked up an absolute bargain comparatively to the the other signings, which were like fifty million pounds um, beyond uh, his purchase price. Um, the way he has an ability with his feet, we can play out from the back. He's become a really good shot stopper, and he's starting to to positively influence the outcomes of a match. So we've got a player, um, and I would say. Moving forward, we need to be a little bit less nice with our first and second goalkeepers, um, and really just give our, uh, our our second choice the cup the the um, the local cups rather than the um, than the European stuff, um, and let's just play this guy as much as we can. Mm, preach! I'm back, baby. Hold on a minute. I got a question to ask you. Did you wash your hands? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Several times. Mm. First, I wash them with my piss. Did you do a piss? I need I a piss. Them with water. Well, you're not allowed to piss, Toby. Why not? Because you have the bladder of a Chinese man, and if we let you go <laughs> once, you're gonna be you're gonna be urinating for the entire last ten minutes of the podcast. Not 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 a Chinese man. That's a slight on a Chinese man. This I would say I would say a prepubescent girl. Once this guy breaks the seal, Manny, he is fucked. Dude, I'm, I'm right? going. One piss in two minutes. Within uh, two minutes of him coming back, he'll be like, oh, My bladder is oh, the size of a ping pong. But go fuck your yourself. Your child, your three-year-old okay. child can hold Goodbye. a piss better than you Goodbye. can hold a piss. <laughs> I wonder how much of this show is going to be taken out there, dude. I'm putting it all in. <laughs> I'm putting it all in, Manny. It's all staying in. Uh, Manny, yeah. leading on from uh, Leno, mm-hmm. Mislintat, yeah, yeah. the success of his signings is now at a point where it is inarguable. Inarguable? Mm. Unarguable. Not arguable. It's like a double fucking... It's like a gun, Manny. <laughs> it's like a gun that shoots both ways. It's like a backfiring gun you and that fucking analogy right? <laughs> I'm keep fucking using it until it makes sense right but Mislintat signings are now you can't argue at this point with Mislintat signings Torreira successful Leno successful mm-hmm. you bang a man successful mm-hmm. Genduzi successful mm-hmm. Socrates successful okay the only one that we can say that has not been successful on field mm-hmm. is Lichsteiner. And at one point or another, we've all agreed that those sorts of personalities in the dressing room could be important. So we can't actually quantify what he does off the right. pitch. With Mislintat going, Arsenal being unable to replace a head of recruitment or a director of football, mm-hmm. does this mean that Emery in the transfer window is actually going to have control? No. And is that a good is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? He won't have control. Um I think if you if not Emery then whom without a director of okay, football. Okay, so I think the the whole director of football thing they really tried to to push hard for Monchi because Monchi was available. And I think that with Monchi, you know, going back to Sevilla and I and Overmars, you know, extend him with Ajax um, did you like the Monchi thing? 
I did. Were I thought Munchie, Munchie would would. I was, I was, but the fact that he's gone back to Sevilla and a more cushy job, yeah, he's a pussy, so fuck him. Um, Overmars <laughs> for me, you know, he again with the scissors. <laughs> you sound like you're in a dungeon. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> what the fuck was I saying? Monchi, yeah. Arsenal, yeah, yeah, transfers. Um. So yeah, the fact that he's gone back to Sevilla, whatever that—that's neither here nor there. But that, 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 it is what it is. Then we pushed for Overmars. If you believe the media, that didn't happen. Whatever. So now I, I think the club, that. whether you whether you believe it or not, whatever, we'll never know really. But I think right now the club have sort of taken a step back and said, like, "All right, you know what? Now let's really evaluate what do we want from this candidate. What can this candidate bring?" And can he come in and work so with him? So who's going to drive that? It has to be. Who's going to drive that? It has to that? be. Because the transfer window is going to come mm. before the director of football and the head of, or the head of recruitment. See, you don't know it. that. We're, what, eight weeks away from the end of yeah. the season, 10 weeks from the end of the Anything season. Anything can happen between now and when the transfer window opens. So who's pushing that right now? It's probably Raul Senyei. Um That other dude's name, Vinay. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to butcher it. Um, and... Don't do a Fergus. No, I won't do a Fergus. <laughs> and try. possibly, you never know, and possibly one of the Cronkies, and I'm guessing, what's the other Cronkies name? Shit, I forgot his name. Stan. Josh, that's the one. Yeah, him. It's probably going to be between those three, right? And so, unless that's in, you know, in place, our transfer plans, I believe, are on hold. So, if you again, if you believe the media, it will, it will be between Steve Morrow, um, Francis, something I cannot pronounce his last name, him too, but it starts with a C. Apparently, you know, you discovered Fabregas and, and Messi and, and those guys. And then you've got Emery will be a part of that as well, and the technical director will be a part of that. So it will be a four man team. So are you saying there is nothing to nope. fear with Mislin Tatley? No. That we will just replace him with someone else who has equal contacts, considering that what five of the six signings that he've made. He's made, you would argue, have been I'm not worried. five of the best or most successful signings that Arsenal have made in the last I'm decade. I'm not worried. Listen, we have to move on. And, and all of his signings, right, yes, they're successful now. But you never know down the line he could have got a signing that could, that could have been a complete disaster. Right? So, and, he's and gone to, sh- to Stuttgart now. May I, yep. may I add, and I think, Manny, you will love this, mm. is that anyone who wasn't Arsene Bingo would do a better job signing damn players. right damn right damn right so I'm, I'm not worried in, in like especially in the later era you know we it, what was who, who was who had rather an ability to go and pluck out french league players and find these absolute diamonds in the rough before the onset of the of the internet social media scouting all that type of thing you know, the game moved beyond him and we had some fucking terrible signings. Um, and his his last decade was pretty fucking poor, especially after David Dean left as well. So whilst I agree with you, Max, like everything we were just saying about the Mislin Tat stuff, there's some pretty epic signings. His track record or his ratio, percentage, what have you, um, was pretty fucking good. I, I just think we're comparing with an actual transfer policy over 
someone who'd lost it by the end of it, who just was was overstretched with their with their capacity. Guys, you have been listening to a drunk fucking stone something, and for the for the funny bits, I say you're welcome, and for the rambly bits, I apologise. But this has been an Ask Brothers Rankcast. You've been listening to Brother Max, Brother Toby, and Brother Manfred. God bless. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Hostel place. See you next time. Good night. Good night. <laughs>